Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash A-H-T-T. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Studio, Ain't Hard to Tell Podcast, Episode 113. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca here. And a lot going on in the world of sports. Uh, Big news in the NBA just this past weekend. We woke up on a Saturday morning to come up into the studio and we found out that the head coach, former head coach now of the Brooklyn Nets, Kenny Atkinson, and the team uh, mutually agreed to part ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, With that being said, Jacques Vaughn, uh, who's assistant to associate head coach, will uh, run things for the team for the rest of the year. Uh, Nets saying another voice was needed as they look to try to get to the next level. I think this was shocking for many people, shocking for Nets fans, as this comes off of a season in which we saw the Nets acquire Kyrie Irving uh, and Kevin Durant, both through free agency. Um, really interesting I was shocked. I woke up. I woke up. I had a text from you. I had uh-huh. a text from uh, uh, another friend of mine, uh, former coworker Tony Chow, big time Nets fan. He had hit me up, and he was just like, "Wow, you know what's going on here?" And I was trying to scramble for answers. Um, now you're hearing a lot of different things from different places about why this is, but let's first go with your reaction. You you hear this news? You seemed as shocked as I was. I was pretty shocked. Um, um, I'm sure Nets Nation was. What do you think? Kenny Atkinson got to the Nets about a month before I got to Nets Daily. So that was the only head coach that was there in the time that I was covering the Nets when I was at Nets Daily. Lucky you. I saw several. <laughs> yeah, you had Lionel Hollins. You had Jason Kidd. Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson. Uh, wasn't there one more? Oh, yeah. Um, who PJ Carlissimo? PJ Carlissimo. PJ Carlissimo. And then yeah. the dude who took over for Lionel Hollins when he stepped down. Oh, uh, I know. Frank, Tony Tony Brown? I can't no. remember his name. Whatever. His name is escaping me right now. Whatever. Sorry, brother. Matter. Sorry, brother. Apologize. So you five coaches. Yep. Um, but Kenny Atkinson, I think, is a very good coach. And I was immediately thinking of, all right, what, you know, where where could this sort of come from or whatever the case may be. I just think that they're they're gonna swing, they're gonna try to swing big. In his absence. Otherwise, what, why would you do it? What does that mean, Sweet Day? <clears throat> well, we'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah, look at you teasing the audience. No, but I'm like, I'm just, I'm just, because I'm just processing. Like, people are mad, are automatically going to whose fault this is, right? 
we don't know. Uh, there have been reports about you know this being a player's thing, and then obviously Sean Marks refuted that publicly. Which I mean, duh. What else is he gonna do? Um, I don't know. What I do know is that if Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant wanted Kenny Atkinson to continue to be the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, he would still be the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. I I happen to agree. With That's that. just how that works. Like we talk about how this is a players driven league, and it is, and it fully is. Then. If they wanted Kenny to remain there, he would be there for next year. Um, the feeling is that, you know, he was probably going to get let go at some point next year, which even that's surprising to me because he and Sean Marks are legitimately close. Like, they're legitimately, you know, were sort of an arm-in-arm, not arm-in-arm in a literal sense, but, you know, they were they were very much a team when they were there in Brooklyn. So it may, it, it's, 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 it's crazy, and with Kenny Atkinson – I don't know how much better performance-wise would you really expect of him given the situation, the hand he was dealt automatically. He had the worst the worst hand dealt out of anybody in the 2016-17 season, and they won 20 games that year, despite Jeremy Lin's injury. And by the way, they filled the team with Jeremy Lin and Brooke Lopez as their best two players at that time, which is actually age worse than it was. The very next year, they won 28 games, and Jeremy Lin was – one and done. He played the first game of the season, never saw him again. D'Angelo Russell, injury prone that season. He was just on and off. And Spencer Dinwiddie had to carry the mantle. And by the way, that was the year that he developed. And Joe Harris really developed. And all that stuff was going on. And then the following season, they make the playoffs. After being 8 and 18. 42 and 40. Yeah. After being 8 and 18 early on, where people were like, yo, should they just tank? Should they just go the other way? And then they end up making the playoffs. And now this season, given. That the team wasn't really much better from last year. You know what I mean? Because Kyrie Irving coming in for D'Angelo Russell. But beside that, the roster wasn't very much different. And then Kevin Durant obviously being hurt. The expectations were too high in terms of what they were going to do. And right now they're still in the mix for a playoff spot. And now the timing of this is weird. It's not like, you know, when, when Steve Kerr came in for Mark Jackson and then, you know, there was an upgrade after that, and Dwayne Casey came. Uh, Dwayne Casey was out of Toronto, and then they brought in Nick Nurse. Those happened after the season. Now, the Nets are obviously trying to strike, you know, doing that kind of move moving forward, and that brings me to what I think they're actually going to do. Hold on from that one second. Yeah. We'll tease you a little bit more. But you talked about Atkinson, and you talked about his record and what he did in taking over in 2016. And they had just, you got to remember the team at the time. The other thing is, they had a deficit of draft picks. They had no, no, no picks. Yeah. They didn't even control their own first-round pick at, yeah. at, at, at that time, right? For um, two more years. For two more years. And, you know, Atkinson in his time, you know, 118-90 record. Now, people will say that uh, doesn't sound like a great. It was a winning record. But what was that, 118-190? 118-190. Sorry, I said 118-90. But 118-190, um, when you look at the talent that he had in the roster and how he was able to develop players and still win and look like – this year, he would have led them to back-to-back playoff berth. Looks like the Nets are going to probably get get in. Um, I think what's sad is that you know he kind of helped build a culture. Culture is a word you and I have talked about a lot. Yeah. You talked about how he was in lockstep with uh, Sean Marks. It did seem, from even my last few years in covering the team and when they were kind of making that corner, it did very much seem like the culture was that you had a coach – and a GM who were on the same page. Yeah. That, and that's something you liked. You know, some stability you'd, you'd like to see, something I'd like to see with my Knicks, that you don't see a coach and a GM on the same page. We'll them later. And I do think that's kind of what got them to where they were. So what's disappointing is they had all that. They developed these players. They had a taste of the playoffs. 
They then get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and you know people lauded them for getting there, as he should have been for doing that in the offseason. And now Atkinson barely gets to coach Kyrie this season because he's hurt, and then also doesn't ever get to coach Kevin Durant, which you know has to be disappointing for him. Long Island guy, uh, seemed like a good dude, good coach. It, it's it's shocking. Um, you have to wonder where this comes from. Yes, can a coach's voice get too tired of an organization? Sure. But if you would have said to somebody this season, who do you think is going to get fired first, Brett Brown down in Philly or Kenny Atkinson? <laughs> in, uh, yeah. you know, you, I think a lot of people would have said Brett Brown down in Philly. And he yeah. kind of – both those coaches were similar there. They both kind of went through rebuilding. Obviously, the Sixers did the process and they had higher draft picks. So in some ways, for me, what the Nets have done is actually a lot more impressive in that way. But a voice gets tired, and I think a lot of the grumbling you hear and the same things you'll hear maybe coming in Philly this offseason has to do around stars. I do think it comes back to stars, and I don't think you can't ignore that. I do agree with your point, Brian. If the stars here, which we're talking about, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, wanted Kenny Atkinson here because they believed in his vision, his culture, because that's what we heard from these guys. They believed in the vision and the culture, when they, why they signed here. Then they would have they would have still been here. And I spoke with somebody around the team who you know said that they kind of were hearing similar things, and they agreed that yes, this if they wanted them to be if they wanted Atkinson to be here, they would. Now I don't know if Atkinson clashed with Kyrie. Kyrie's had problems clashing with other cultures. I don't have a reason to not believe that or think that's crazy. I don't have any information to say that is also true. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair to just point the blame at Kyrie, but I do think it is fair to look at the superstars and say, hmm. Did they not want Coach Coach Atkinson here, who's done a good job? I am concerned sometimes when you see coaches who've done a good job like him and they're still not coaching, right? That's is concerning, and they did something, and they went through the tough times in the organization. Now, Sean Marks came out in a press conference. This, As we're recording this, this happened today. We are reacting to this immediately. Yeah. So if there's any information that comes out from the time we drop this, we apologize. Anything new that is reported. But uh, Mark said in the news conference he would love to – Kenny to be here long term. I think we all have ideas that this is going to last forever, you know, which I think everybody in business knows it is not. And we'll keep building this together. We had a great run for four years. We really we enjoyed each other. I think we grew immensely. He grew as a coach. Hopefully I've grown as a GM and so forth. We made plenty of mistakes and we had fun along the way. He says and so forth all the time. That's his phrase. So forth is kind of a I word. have a, I have one too. You know what I'm saying? I say that too much. Yes, you do. Um now this is the other thing, one thing I want to add. These are the circumstances, positions we find ourselves in now is what helps us get to the next level, which I think is a real big question here for the Nets. And I think that we debated and what we deliberated on was this was a time where the team needs another voice. That's where we are at. I'm always intrigued by that. What's that other voice? But what I, does that voice look like? The shelf life for coaches is like awful now. If you look at majority it's of the— It's really never been good. Yeah, but now it's worse. I mean, yeah, people have less patience, I think. I think yeah. fan bases have less patience. Yeah, um, I mean, you Organizations have less patience. You're seeing organizations bad, across sports. Bad organizations have less patience, I should say. You see organizations across sports, even in, like, the NFL, where it's, like, one year, two years, you're out of here. It's crazy. And now that, you know, players are being empowered, which I'm all for, but— I think we need to put a cap on some of the things that we're sort of fascinated with. Robots, three-point shooting, Beyond <laughs> Burgers. You know what I'm saying? What is, like, your, what is your thing? I streaming services. No they're, no, they're good. But what I'm saying is like, yo, we get a bit too carried away with some Are of these things. Are people carried away with Beyond Burgers? Just to make up. Just to make up for, like, all the stuff that was going on beforehand, I think we get a bit too carried away and go on the other side of certain things. I think we've, we might have gotten too far with player empowerment 
uh, in some cases. Not that this is directly related to this, but in terms of, you know, we've known other situations of players getting coaches out of there just because they're unhappy or whatever the case may be. And I think that, look, like, that's cool and all, but at the same time, if this happened here, which we don't know yet, then that could be a mistake unless, unless, unless they go the route that I think that they're going to try to pursue. So they just played the Spurs, and I floated this out on Twitter. I said I'm going to get into more of it here. Uh, Greg Popovich, I believe his contract is, I don't know if it's expiring this season or next season, but it's soon, and really it doesn't matter. Greg Popovich could do what he wants. I don't think it makes any sense for Greg Popovich to continue to stay with San Antonio if he's going to continue coaching. He's 71 years old. DeMar DeRozan is there. Yes, I know he's going to be a free agent, but really, how are you going to fill that void? LaMarcus Aldridge is there for another year. You got guys like DeJounte Murray, and, you know, they're they're good. But what do you? What, what's really the future there with the Lakers uh, in the Western Conference, the Clippers in the Western Conference, Denver's not really going anywhere, Utah's still a force? Like, what, what is the future for San Antonio, really? The Nets are actually, by comparison, they're planning on winning now. They have Kyrie Irving. They have Kevin Durant. Uh, there's a Spurs connection there with Sean Marks. Tiago Splitters in the organization. Um, they, they would get in and win now, well, or try to win now. If they're healthy. <laughs> That's a big thing. Well, I actually don't think they're making the finals with those two guys. I just don't because so I think the East is very stacked. But I think that with Greg Popovich, maybe you'll convince me to change my mind. Also, there's a possibility of Kevin Durant trying to play in the Olympics this summer, Kyrie Irving, perhaps the same thing, although I don't know if that's going to happen because of the injury stuff. But – they, they've both played with Greg Popovich before. I do think that if Greg Popovich is going to make one last run at winning, and just from a purely basketball standpoint, one for the Nets, if you're going to upgrade from Kenny Atkinson, who I think is a damn good coach, then you have to have something like this in the tuck, or at least try it, right? And then with Greg Popovich, why are you staying in San Antonio? If he wants to continue coaching and have an opportunity to win now, I think you go to Brooklyn where Kyrie and Kevin Durant are. I don't necessarily think that that's going to happen, but I, I do think, think I do think the Nets should and probably will well, of, you know, pursue of, that. Of course you should look at Greg Popovich. Yeah. My thing is I don't see I think Popovich is Pop is 71. I don't see him wanting to make such a big lifestyle change and coming here to New York City at 71. I think that's a huge factor. Not saying that the points that you make aren't reasonable. I just don't see him making that huge lifestyle change. I think the Spurs will not make the playoffs this year. You don't know what can happen in the draft. They can move up with the way the lottery is right now. You never know. They get a player, and they could be good. I don't know what trades can happen. There's a lot of things that can happen between now and then. Pop just doesn't strike me as a person that's going to go come to come to Brooklyn. I mean, if he does they, and the Nets get him, it would be fantastic. They wear the same colors. No? Well, except right. for the silver. Black and white, but no silver. Same thing. Yeah. Pop is <laughs> making his decision based on that. <laughs> decision based on no colors man like he's not looking at that he's like i i, I think you know obviously his, his wife passed recently and um you know may, it's which funny. is another reason i think he's going to continue coaching to be honest yes look i will say i will say this when people experience loss they, they usually like to find things to help them stay Work. busy especially Distract yourself. especially when yeah. it's uh somebody's close new expected. challenge to that point i will also add just thinking out loud to myself as we're saying this that also could be kind of the reason maybe you sometimes do want to get away maybe because um, there's too many memories of, of that around you, and I, I don't know. I don't know what Greg Popovich is going for. Look, if the Nets went for him, I think that would be good. Um, I do feel like when you get a name like this, when you excuse me, when you uh, lose a coach like uh, you lose with Atkinson, and he was a kind of player development coach, 
the next step, the next thing, especially in this market, especially with championship aspirations surrounding this team, the next thing is, yo, we got to go get a name. We have to get a name that's established, a championship-level winning coach. You got to get a name. I think a name that could definitely be floated around, and I'm not going to take credit for this because I saw Ian Begley, uh, our friend of the podcast, put this out there, but Mark Jackson, Brooklyn guy, gets to come back home. Why are you shaking your head on, wouldn't on like, that? I wouldn't like that for them. Why? There's like I'm me personally. If I'm running a business, I'm not getting a guy from where he was in another organization. They let go of him and got somebody better to fill his shoes. And Steve Kerr. But what? But what? But and what? Mark Jackson last night, the, the the night we're recording this last night, said Brooke Lopez was the worst defender in the Milwaukee Bucks starting lineup, and he's actually probably going to make an All Defense team this year. So I don't think he knows like what he's watching today currently. Like, you think, I, you think, I, well, see, that's okay. So then you kind of you know like, move to the point where I was going to say, well, just because of what he was when he was fired from the Golden State Warriors doesn't necessarily mean what he is today. No. Was he sat back and, 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 and learned in, in terms of the game? There's, there's, a, there's, there's a time and a place for, you know, old school basketball or whatever. But So you don't think his game is adapted with, with the, with, as the game has evolved in the last five, six years? I mean, look, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving would probably help that. Maybe he's, you know, learned some from that experience. But I don't. I don't feel great about him being the answer for the future of any organization in that way. I'd feel I, I'd probably feel better about Tyron Lue, who's another name that I see floated around uh, out I'd there. I see, see it being a good hiring. I, I would actually, that. I could, I would actually get behind that. I mean, maybe Kevin Durant decides to just, hey, Jay Williams, you want to do this because they do the boardroom together. You know what I mean? Maybe, no. maybe, hey, 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 man. I mean, you know. What no. I'm okay. No. <laughs> But I do, I do think that I, the Greg Popovich thing is interesting because there, there are the Spurs ties, there are all, all those reasons, the winning now stuff. I think that that's, I, th- I, I would even go as far as to say it's a realistic possibility, just in my estimation. That's what I really think. Now, Joe Sy, uh, Nets owner, did say that he did speak to the players. Uh, about this. I don't know if that was speaking in terms of making the decision. We're not sure of that, but he did say that he did speak to the players. Again, I, I will say, um, you know, it's hard for me to think that the players, there was other input. Maybe there were players that had issue with Atkinson style. I Although mean, you've heard a lot of players praise him for the work he's done. Dinwiddie's publicly. praised publicly. Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, those guys have praised him. Even Karis LeVert. That, but that um, doesn't surprise me. Those are three guys that really dev- developed and benefited while, while he was there. D'Angelo Russell probably wasn't the greatest Kenny Atkinson advocate. I think some of the, when you think about that, that <laughs> might have something to do with some of the personalities, right? And so that makes you wonder yeah. about who we're not hearing about advocate for him like that. Maybe some of the new dudes that came in that aren't yeah. used to the culture. And we already had heard from Jackie McMullen's report that there were, as is usual with any job, I'm not trying to make it, when people come in and there are differences in culture, there's going to be adjustments made. That's how it is with any job. People yeah. need to get over themselves with that a little bit too much. But when you get superstars – they're going to have demands about certain things. There are certain things that they're going to expect. And you know what you got to do? When you're the organization, you're going to have to kowtow those superstars because they are the ones that are putting people in the seats. Now, not necessarily for the Nets this year because right. Kyrie wasn't putting people in the seats, but KD will next year. But especially in the NBA where the star players are making more than the coaches. It's not the same thing as college basketball. You know what I mean? Where Coach K is running the show, where Bill Self is running the show, where you know Tom Izzo or whoever it is. They have all the say, like even their star players, if they have an issue with them, I mean, they might fix it. They might get over it, whatever the case may be, but it's different. But in the NBA, when you're the star and you make a lot of money and you're getting all the endorsements and you are who you are, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant or whatever, these things don't go above your head. 
You know what I mean? These decisions aren't going above your head. You can't be the person who has this brand and has this and has that and is all for player empowerment and wants to speak up, have a voice, have a platform, and then be mute on these sort of decisions. Like, no, mm. you're going to be integrated into these sort of decisions Absolutely. because they're going to affect your future as well. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and maybe that trickles on to some of the other players on the roster as well. Karis LeVert just got an extension. You know what I mean? Tarion Prince, I mean, you know. That's yeah. what he is, but he just got an extension. Right. You know what I mean? So there 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 are a bunch of things going on here at the same time. And you know, for it to happen now, it was mutual. So I wanted to know, like maybe, maybe Kenny Atkinson at some point, I mean, I'm sure he did. He he saw the writing on the wall for whatever reason and I, he got out of it. I'm gonna tell you another thing that's kind of popped in my head that I wondered if it's going on that I don't think maybe it got a lot of reporting, but when you think about the construction of the roster and what may have been affected, I wonder if Kenny came to a point where he didn't necessarily want to play DeAndre Jordan as much anymore. But DeAndre Jordan is linked in one of the reasons that mm. Kyrie and Katie are here. A lot of people ain't talking about that, but it's one of the reasons, and he probably wants to play more Jared Allen, which the Jets absolutely should be doing, should be playing more Jared Allen. And maybe that's where they differed. And he that you know what? That's when you're tied, when you're tied to certain players like DeAndre Jordan, uh, who shouldn't be playing as many minutes as he as he is. And you're taking away from the development, which Kenny Atkinson is good at, yeah. of a Jared Allen. There could be a conflict there, and maybe the general manager, not Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson, both are in tough positions. And Kenny Atkinson possibly may not have wanted to do. I'm speculating here, may not probably didn't want to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where you get these terms that come around, like needs a new voice. Yeah, um, these aren't basketball reasons. This is also coming off of two wins. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like. Two good, one good, really good win. These are not ba- one of the, against the Spurs, Spurs, by the way, and, an, uh, and another one against the Celtics. Yeah, these aren't basketball reasons to me. Like, like in terms of on the court, the product was bad and getting a lot better. Bad in 2016, 17, right. progressed in 2017, 18. They were a cute, you know, underdog story. Then the next year, they actually made the playoffs, and then this year, they were going to make the playoffs again. They weren't better than last year, but everyone knew that this year wasn't wasn't really the all-in year that next year is going to be when you presume that KD and Kyrie will be healthy and ready to go and you're actually going to have the roster that you envisioned when you made those signings this past summer. So to me, this isn't basketball. This is just more than that. And I think more is going to be discovered as we go along. But, hey, I mean, as far as Kenny Atkinson, I think he's going to be highly coveted. I think that he's a very good coach. Um, I could see where he can wear on guys because he is a tough personality. But – you know, I actually like some of that. You know what I mean? No, I like that in a coach. You know, I like that in a coach. I like a guy that's going to challenge his players. But look, some players don't want to be challenged. And I'm not saying that that's Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I don't know that that's the case. But perhaps they don't. Perhaps at this stage of their career, they're like, yo, we got rings. We don't really want to deal with someone who probably fits more of a college style. And I think that Kenny Atkinson, I could see where he could wear on some guys like a D'Angelo Russell, like Kyrie, whoever the case may be. That said, I think he'll get another NBA job pretty quickly, and I think that the other team in New York, New York Knicks, I agree. should go after him. I think they should. I'd actually, I, I might put him at the top of like the top of my. I list. think he's a perfect fit for the Knicks. I think that I think R.J. Barrett would benefit greatly from that. I think Damian Dotson. They have a lot of. They, quiet as kept, the Knicks have a lot of young players who they'll probably be back next year. Uh, you know, Mitchell I Robinson. Think the, I think the Knicks have some good young pieces. There's some other question marks. I think that, but it, where there's there's a guy who I think like get him in the program. I you know I'm Nilakina. I think you get him in some of Kenny Atkinson's. He the, does good with guards, and he likes Nilakina. We predicted yep. that Jeremy Lin was going to have career best production before he got hurt. 
because of Kenny Atkinson and because of the way that he was going to play. By the way, Kenny Atkinson was an assistant with the Knicks between 08 and 12. Two playoff runs. One of the rare people that have seen two playoff runs <laughs> with the, the Knicks this the century. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's he was here for insanity, and he was here for the Carmelo Anthony, the early part of the Carmelo no, Anthony and Mari Sotomayor experience. He's the kind of coach I feel like the Knicks need to come with the system, with player development. They've got some young players that are developing right now and need to take the next step, and I think he's would be a good hire. So as a Knicks fan, I'm like, hey, yo. Kenny, you come over here. Yeah, we're, we're we're good with that. The Nets didn't. You know, Nets maybe they felt like they needed a new voice, and that's fine. And I think that, that's kind of the company line they seem to be toting. Yeah. Um. You know, we'll hear more about what the other players have to say, and more people have to say. But uh, it should it should be uh pretty interesting what goes on with the Nets because the way Kenny Atkinson coaches really. I think that would benefit somebody like a Mitchell Robinson, for example, because he's not Mitchell Robinson's not going to post guys up, and that's really not what the NBA is anymore. But the sort of the rim running, the shot blocking, the setting screens. He did the, a good job with Jared Allen. We saw Jared Allen improve from and year one. And Mitchell to three. Robinson is better than Jared Allen. He's more talented than yeah. he is. Like and if you if you just watch the two of them, I know the numbers. You know the total the total counting stats don't necessarily read that, but Mitchell Robinson only plays twenty two twenty three yeah, minutes a game. Minutes. Yeah. yeah, if you just watch the two of them, like he's more athletic. He he can get lobs like at a higher like if you throw an alley oop at eight feet high, <laughs> Mitchell Robinson might be able to get it. Well, I think you know what I mean. Like, I think this is going to be higher than that. Actually, this is eight at, feet high, twelve feet high. Yeah, this is actually <laughs> yeah, eight feet is below the rim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was it's, like, it's absolutely it's absolutely going to be a interesting offseason for the Nets and what they do coming up in terms of one finding a coach that is on the same page as uh Mitch as Mitchell as Mitchell uh, Mitchell Robinson as as uh Sean Marks um and seeing how they do that going forward who they pick will be very interesting what they do there will be very interesting we'll have more on this coming up Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash A-H-T-T. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. On the line right now, we got a special guest. Had time to call into the podcast. We were supposed to have him in here, but you know, because he's such a good friend, he said, "You know, I'm going to call in. We're going to talk a little bit about the Nets." That is Michael Grady, sideline reporter for the Yes Network, covering uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, you can catch him, Grady. What's up, my man? Hey, man, not too much. Doing pretty good. Good to be on with you guys again. You yeah. can't, you can't say not too much today. There's a lot going on today. Yeah, <laughs> man. Like, uh, there's a lot going on today. Um, with <laughs> so on, on on one hand, that's a little bit tongue in cheek, but it it's uh this day did not go the way I, I expected it to uh to go for sure. Yeah, you know how that is, Grady, because you know you think you're having a day off in the world of news, and then you know something pops up, and I, I texted you this morning because I was like, yeah, I know you might have to be at the press conference and you know see what went down with everything uh with that. Just talk to us because we talked about this yeah. at the top of the show, and we were like, we woke up this morning, and we we're extremely shocked to, you know, see this news that, you know, there was a parting of ways with Kenny Atkinson. What, what was your reaction when you saw the news? Yeah, uh, like complete, complete shock. So this is, um, you know, you know how it is when you got a, like crazy travel scheduling, you're trying to organize everything. And I've got a, I got a long seven, eight day West Coast road trip coming up on Monday. I got a 6 a.m. flight. Mm. So I'm looking at, okay, it's Saturday. I could get some good rest in on Saturday. 
Got the podcast for my guys. Got a, <laughs> got a couple of other things to do. Go to bed early on Saturday. Sunday, I've got to leave for the arena at 11.30 a.m., so that kind of disrupts things a little bit, have the game. As soon as I get home, get rest, and then wake up at 3.30 a.m. So I'm looking at this Saturday morning. like, I'm going you know, to sleep well, no alarm. There's nothing better in our business, or I guess in, yes. any, in, in any industry, than to go to sleep and then not set the alarm. So when I wake up and I see like my texts and my phones like blowing up, and it's 11.45 and there's a 12.30 press conference, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so yeah. So no, it was um, it was it was bananas, man. It was bananas because um, if this had come after the Memphis loss, for example, where they gave up 140 points to the Grizzlies or out hustled right. the entire way, then maybe the, maybe the reaction from the outside would be a little bit different. But they had rebounded and responded well in a blowout victory over the San Antonio Spurs. So I think we all went to bed last night as opposed as, with the exception of those in the inner circle who were at that conversation last night with Kenny, Sean, and whoever else was there. I think the rest of us all went to sleep and I think, all right, they're back on the right track. They'll get a win against Chicago and then we'll see what happens on this West Coast trip. Uh, not very many people saw this one coming. Yeah, I don't think I don't think a lot of people saw it coming at all. Did you think that the locker room was split on this decision, or like, you know, what 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 could you tell us about what you know in terms of you know that, the insides of it? That re- that remains that remains to be seen. I think I, I think what we're hinting at is human nature um, to a certain extent, and yeah. there's going to have to be more conversations with players as time allows to try to get an idea of that. And they, that may not be revealed right away. It may be revealed in the summer at some point, or it may be revealed further down the road or when guys are on different teams or whatever. But to speak on the human element part, there are guys who have been within the organization and have been under Kenny Atkinson's tutelage for multiple years now. Mm-hmm. Jared Allen matured under Kenny Atkinson. Joe Harris blossomed his game, um, added so many different elements to it under Kenny Atkinson. Spencer Dinwiddie went to a, went from a, a G League dude, seldom used player, to a, a near All Star candidate this year, a Six Man of the Year, you know, candidate, the most improved candidate over the course of these last couple of seasons with the Brooklyn Nets. And then you have guys who come in, you know, whether it be a Kyrie, Kevin, a Torian Prince, a DeAndre Jordan, and their time with Kenny has been very short lived, and there's been highs and lows due to injuries and a number of, a number of other different factors. So um, I don't know how split the locker room was, but I know that there are guys like Karis Levert, who I didn't even mention, very passionate about um, Kenny Atkinson versus guys who have only known him for a short amount of time, whether respect is there. But, you know, some of the newer guys may not feel the same way that a Joe Harris feels right this moment. Uh, no, obviously, totally understood. Time, time definitely affects all that. Well, I guess the big question for everybody now is: Jock Vaughn will take over. We'll coach the last twenty games of the season, uh, Mike. But where do you think the organization goes from here? You know, is Jock Vaughn the answer? Are they going to be looking for a bigger name? Where do you see them going from here? Yeah, we. Well, I, I think the numbers show that there are a small, and I don't have it in front of me, but there are a small number of guys who had the interim tag, which he does not have. They are saying that. He is the head coach for the rest of the season. They're not putting an interim tag hmm. on it at all. But let's just say we're talking about an interim tag for the sake of the discussion. Um, it's not that often that those guys end up keeping that job. Usually 
those guys hold that job for the rest of the, you know rest of the year, and then they open up the search and somebody new is brought in, and uh, and Jock understand that, and he's going to roll with the punches and do everything within his power to make sure that it's a successful end of the season and that the guys are competing each and every night and making a, a and continuing this playoff run. So outside of um, Jacques Vaughn, I, you just open up the floodgates. Um, it's a job that I'm sure a lot of people will be interested in. I think a lot of people will definitely think about it too, given the fact that there are strong personalities there and your Kevin Durant and your Kyrie Irvings and the expectations will be high. But if you're a coach worth your salt, that, I think that's a challenge that you'd be willing to accept. And so it is a high profile gig, an opportunity to coach some big time names and to do something special that's never been done in Brooklyn, which adds its fair share of excitement. It adds its share, uh, fair share of pressure um, as well with it. So we're going to hear a lot of names um, thrown out there. Uh, but one thing's for sure, it has to be somebody that these these players uh, that these players really respect, and somebody who that who's um, has a clear cut vision and can command respect in that locker room in terms of uh, and and not be rattled when challenged in any way, shape, or form. And speaking of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, um, is it fair to say that if they don't sign off on this to some degree, uh, that this wouldn't have happened? Or could they have prevented this being that they are the stars of this team and they are here for the foreseeable future moving forward? Yeah, look, I don't – I think um, – and I, I, I'm, I, I feel like there is a certain – I think canvassing was the word that was used. Um, I think anybody would hard, would find it uh, hard. I'm not talking about, I'm not speaking to truth or fiction or anything like that. Just the perception is that it's hard to believe that a decision like this would be made without some canvassing. And that was the word that was thrown out a little while uh, uh, during the press conference with Sean Marks and in conversations with the players too about, you know, canvassing and input and different things like that. Um, uh, I think many would find it hard to believe that you could come to the conclusion that Kenny has lost his voice in the locker room without canvassing Mm -hmm. and getting a feel for people. So, um, look, um, Kyrie has a strong opinion. Kevin has a strong opinion. But every ownership group really across the board, whether we're talking NFL, NBA, whatever it may be, they have a strong opinion as well. And I think that their opinion would hold more weight than, you, than, a, uh, star, than a star player, per se. So um, I, don't wanna, I, I don't want that to get lost in the shuffle, too, that it's not a Kevin Kyrie versus Kenny type situation. Um, Sean mentioned this, and that it was a... It was a, a three-party discussion. Joe Sy, the ownership group, Sean Marks, and Kenny Atkinson. And I'm sure they would listen mm-hmm. if Kevin or Kyrie kicked in the door and said, oh, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they would listen. But um, I, uh, to, to, for, to people to try to make it seem like, oh, Sean has just had no, no hand in this, or ownership had no hand in this, that that Kevin and Kyrie are, are the puppet masters, I think, to me, that's, that's very naive. I think that there are a lot of strong personalities involved, and Sean is a strong personality with a strong opinion. Uh, uh, Joe Sy, you know, I don't, I don't think people have heard a lot from him. Mm-hmm. You know, Ian Eagle had a conversation with him that aired on Yes Network 
though he's doing a lot of listening and doing the canvassing himself, he has a strong opinion, strong opinion too. And, um, uh, and so th- there's just a number of factors that go into a decision like this to where, uh, it's not simply on Kevin and Kyrie, um, you know, running, running the show or making decisions or anything like that. I think that's, uh, I, I, there are a lot of people throwing that out there. I think that's a naive viewpoint because there are a lot of strong opinions in the room. That, 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 no, that's absolutely fair. One last thing before we get you out of here, Mike. Um, the team right now sits in the seventh spot. Um, I, I know I saw today from the press conference, uh, Sean Mark said playoffs is still the goal. Uh, do you think this is something that shakes this team? Do you think it brings them together closer uh, as they try to make this run for the playoffs? How, how do you think the team is, is affected by this, or is it just kind of we got to wait and see through these last 20 games? You know, I, I um, tomorrow will be the – test for me tomorrow is against Chicago a team that's going to compete and fight not very good but will compete and fight and if they look flat at all against Chicago maybe it's a temporary they're still in shock kind of thing maybe it's uh maybe it's a sign of something else I don't know but I, I look at tomorrow and the way they compete and respond and looking at how focused they are going to be in that game against the against the team again at home that you should be, um, I'll look at that as a little bit of a of a, of a litmus test. Um, I didn't. I'm just a sideline reporter, but I didn't like the disparity in the compete level of the this game. For example, hmm. um, the Nets have always been a try hard kind of team, and their performance against the San Antonio Spurs was closer to what a lot of us have come to expect when you watch the Nets play. Whether they win or lose, you expect the compete level to be at a certain level. And we saw that again last night. If the compete level isn't where it should be tomorrow, could that linger into a long West Coast trip where you're facing the Lakers, where you're facing the Clippers? Uh, Golden State, even though they're not good at all, a little bit rejuvenated with Steph Curry being in the lineup. And when Steph's out there, you, you, don't, you don't know what's going to happen. So, uh, and then Sacramento is no slouch um, at home. So this is something that if they have a low compete level tomorrow, knowing their road ahead, that would be, I think, alarming from a, from a, um, from a fan standpoint. But even with all that said, I think they'll make the playoffs. But even if they struggle, get swept in the first round or five games, there's still <laughs> incredible room for optimism. This is not the Knicks. Sorry, guys. They're they're still incredible. You have Kevin and Kyrie coming back and a brand-new head coach to help lead the franchise. Right. So um, so it's not, not, you know, terrible at the end of the day if these guys play uneven basketball the rest of the stretch, get in there as an eight seed. I think even if they play poorly the rest of the way, the Wizards' schedule is brutal down the stretch, and I don't think the Wizards are going to catch the net. It would take a colossal collapse for these guys to not at least get the uh, get the eight seed. So I think it'll be interesting the rest of the way. But um, but uh, but uh, I think they will finish in the playoffs. And then despite the negative press of what's happened right now, there will be some healthy skepticism as to how good they can be next season. But there will be a lot of optimism in Brooklyn uh, with the direction the team is going. Yeah, no, I, de- I definitely think so. All right, man, we, we know you had a long day. It's not what you expected. Uh, please get some rest because you got a West Coast trip coming up. Uh, we will get you yes, in sir. here in the studio at some point towards the end of the season or before the playoffs for sure. We'll we'll, we'll link up again. But we thank you for the time, man. We appreciate it. And all the great work you're still doing on the Yes Network. Appreciate you as always, brother. All right. Appreciate you guys. 
Backpack Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. One time for your mind, back with more, bringing you some news, things you might have missed, uh, you know, maybe not in the world of sports, could be music, news, anything. Brian, what you got for One Time for Your Mind? I had an interview with Raquel Miller, a super welterweight champion, female boxer, Women's History Month on the Sports Fan Journal. I think people should check that out because she had some very interesting things to say about, you know, the challenges of obviously being a woman in boxing and, you know, trying to sort of balance it and you know working in law and then transferring to boxing where you know you're working during the day you're getting in your workouts on your lunch break before you before you go to work and things after so I just you know I just had a very interesting conversation about her her aspirations and the things that she wants to accomplish because she has some brands going on outside of boxing as well she has a clothing line she has a program that she does out in San Francisco so I think people should check it out. It's interesting not to just plug my own stuff, but uh But plug your own stuff. <laughs> no, I, I it's I one time it. for your mind. So I, it's I, on the sportsfanjournal.com. It's called uh Inside Raquel her nickname is Pretty Beast, so Raquel Pretty Beast Miller's rise from law clerk to interim super welterweight champion. She's also undefeated right now. Ten and zero. Yeah, could yeah. potentially have another big fight down the line, perhaps a Clarissa Shields bout because they're both they've both been talking back and forth. But Raquel wants to make sure the business is right because you know the women need to get their own as well. That's right. I like that. I like to talk about the women getting their bag, her doing her all her stuff she's doing, traveling. It's a really good piece Brian did. I got to read that, so it was good. My one time for your mind comes in the world of hip hop. Comes across a story that I. Found out uh, a little bit that I did not know. Um, off of one of my favorite tracks, off of Jay Z's 1998 album, uh, Volume Two. Um, not one of my favorite Jay albums, but one of my favorite tracks off there is Reservoir Dogs. Kind of the posse cut on there. Got the locks, Beanie Siegel on there. You know that song, Brian? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So you know, you know that song. So there's a story Jada Kiss recently told in in an interview where basically he. Uh, Styles P and Sheik, they got off a plane on a tour and they were supposed to, you know, record. And so um, they got a, they dropped their, they were going to, they went home to drop their bags and Jay reached out to them and was like, yo, um, you know, we want you to come in to like, you know, record for Reservoir Dogs. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Jay was like, nah, but I need y'all to come now because they wanted to go home and drop their bags off coming from the airport. They just came off a tour. Yeah. And so, you know, Jada's like, we ain't got carry-ons. We ain't got carry-ons. We got big stuff we had to check. So that put us, you know, into an edge a little bit. Um, but the interesting thing is they came to the studio and they began recording. And so, you know, Chic, uh, Beanie, Styles, they all, all record. But if anybody knows uh, the, the the track, apparently the first couple of bars from SP were shots at Jay. 
Huh. Yeah. Didn't know this, man. Me neither. Did not notice. You know, are you thinking about the bars right now? Wait. Yeah, yeah. R- wait, read them. I don't em. give a F who you are, so F who you are. I don't care about your pretty bitch watch or your car. I don't care about your block or whoever you shot. I don't care about your album or whenever it dropped. I don't care about your past. If I did, I would have asked. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was... SP going at Jay on that. I and didn't this, know that. Jada told this. This is according to Genius. Genius put this out. Uh, Child Sun for doing that. Um, he, Jada said that uh, he was going at Hove on there. Hove was like, well. And Hove realized it. was like, yo, sound like you're talking about me. Um, but, uh, you know, apparently everything, everything was okay and well after that and nothing happened. Here's my issue with this, though, right? Y'all were mad. Or SP specifically. You were mad that Jay kind of made it inconvenient for y'all and told y'all to come and record this now. But you still went and recorded it anyway. Because it's Jay, I right? guess. Like, you still went and recorded it anyway. So you can't, like, still... I could w- be mad about something and still do it. You Yeah, but you still did it, <laughs> and then you recorded it on the track, and nobody really knew, and the only way they knew is because Jay just said this now. Yeah. So, like, at the end of the day, like, you dissed Jay, but it was sneak dissing. And, and he like, got inspiration from, from Jay, you know, from that confrontation, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got inspiration. I mean, I love the bars in that verse. I love yeah, that yeah. verse. I like, I, like, <laughs> I, that, I like it more. Yo, thank you, SP. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have done this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying you still went at the verse though, even I though think, he was mad. I think he's supposed to drop another album soon. Yeah, I'm just sure. saying he, he drops them every year, man. I'm like, <laughs> so like in the end, didn't Jay still kind of sun you because you went into the verse even though you was mad? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, interesting note in hip hop history. Did not know that. Love SP's verse on Reservoir Dogs. Um, so didn't know that. I wonder if SP knew that Jada was going to say this. I was kind of wondering about that. Maybe he didn't know. Maybe he kind of wanted to know. I mean, apparently Jay knew. Like, Jay heard those bars and was like, oh, so you're talking about me. Yeah. 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 I guess. I mean, because it's funny, though. His bar said he didn't give a F who he was, but you did because you went and laid the track down. Yeah. So, whatever. Yeah. That's whatever. All right. That's it. One. That's it for one time for your mind. That is also it for this episode of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, episode 113. 13. Great discussion on uh, the Brooklyn Nets. And their parting of ways with uh, Kenny Atkinson. We want to uh, say thank you to our guest, Michael Grady, who was able to come on and talk about uh, this happening up and all the developments about that. Um, you can definitely follow him. We were going to uh, get him in studio, but this happened last but, minute. Yeah, <laughs> and he still was good enough to come on and kick it with us for a little bit. So we absolutely appreciate it. All right, we're going to get out of here. Episode 113, know how to follow us, continue to support us. Uh, let us know what you think about what the next should do for their next coaching search. Should they hire Greg Popovich like Brian thinks that they should or maybe will? We don't know. We will see. Uh, until next time, y'all, we're out of here. Peace.